It's the Early Access Podcast, episode 35. It is June 9th, 2020. We're here live on twitch.tv slash still shampoo every other Tuesday. So uh, we're we're not doing the podcast weekly anymore so that we can gather more topics. And it's just, uh, it gives us more time to do other things. Kula and I are going to, uh, we've already talked about a bunch. We've already been on Twitch for like two hours. So I'm going to take a bunch of the topics that we talked about previously and stick them at the end of this recording. Um, but I have some topics that we wrote down that we haven't talked about yet. I think on the last Early Access podcast, we talked about George Floyd. I, I, I think that actually was the day that um, that officer actually kneeled on the back of his neck and killed I remember him. You, I remember you mentioning it. And so, so maybe I went crazy. I don't know. Little did I know that that would spark a literal like global revolution, like actually global. There's people from multiple different countries internationally uh, protesting police brutality, some in their own countries. And I have seen and the spread of it in this country has been amazing. Even in my like, you know, little suburban town relatively south of San Francisco, I've seen protest and in the yeah. cities it's gone crazy. Seattle's forming a commune as of now and various other things. There have been many heroes and villains who have popped up, racists and good pure hearted people who have popped up. Probably one of the more positive ones was that guy in DC. I wish uh, I wish I remembered his name, but he housed a bunch of protesters as the cops were looking for them. And oh the, yes, yeah. Yeah, the cops uh, went up to him. He was like, hey, you got to let these guys out. One of them called 911. And he was like, no, they didn't. He shut the door on the cops. Uh, Hero, that man, whose name I unfortunately cannot remember. But uh, we've also had a lot of terrible people. Too. Some people tried to frame him saying that like the protesters stormed into people's houses for shelter or something. And he actually, the reason his story got out is because he went up there and he was like, no, no, I let them all in and gave them pizza and shit. That's fantastic person uh no there are a lot of good people and bad people my favorite he might be my favorite i is he my favorite good person i don't know my favorite bad person i i make it no secret my favorite supervillain of the united states cinematic universe is racist hawkeye the old white guy who shouted all lives matter before notching an arrow and shooting a guy in the leg which by that guy who charged that man i never I never found out if he was okay. I'm sure he didn't die, but I haven't seen like a GoFundMe or anything pop up. Um, but basically, he literally took an arrow so that 20 other people could jump this old racist white man, and they burned down his car, which had his phone in it. Uh, and he was really playing the victim on the news, like, yeah, so they jumped me, and like, he was just being an absolute dickwad. I mean, first off, I don't think you ever go into a crowd, whether you're right or wrong, of people who disagree with you and yell the opposite opinion while holding a weapon. I don't care what your opinion is, right? I wouldn't go to a meeting of Nazis and yell, fuck Nazis, because while I'm right, they're going to fuck you up. And they absolutely beat the shit out of that old man. Now, not, not actually as badly as I thought they would have. In a 1v22... You think like he came out with blood all over his face and he was very, very roughed up and they burned his car. Um, his car probably got the, the, the most of it. But he, I feel like in this instance, that's too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Like we need three men, right? Three, three of our best soldiers to beat the shit out of this racist old white man. 
and not have like 22 different people taking like wild random punches at him. You need three people taking punches, hard stance from the ground, you know, turn at the hip, get your shoulder in there to beat the shit out of this guy. And I felt like they could have done more damage. Uh, just a little advice for me if you're out on the streets beating up racists. But racist Hawkeye is one of my favorites because he, of all things, I, I'm very glad he didn't have a gun. But I don't know what his plan was. He didn't even have any additional arrows. Like, after you shoot one person in a crowd of protesters with an arrow, he didn't have a follow-up. He obviously was didn't have, like, a knife or something to, like, get ready for some CQB. There was no plan. <laughs> like, he he just shouted all lives matter and got his fucking ass beat. Uh, so he is my favorite all lives matter, um, I guess, protester. Fun, fun fact. So over here in San Mateo, California, where I am, um, there was a guy who was like actually threatening to bring a crossbow to the protest and like shoot oh. the looters with it. Um, no one like that ever showed up. But also, I, I, no one even. I don't think he ever even showed up at all. Not that he just didn't do anything. But I remember that, and I remember him on Twitter because he actually posted his address, and I don't know if it was legitimate, but I don't know who would fake a San Mateo address. Of all places. And it was actually like in the area. It was in the richer, wider part of the town, which makes sense too. And like he did from other posts, like he wasn't like a new account or like a bot account. From other posts, he does seem to live in the area. So I wonder if he actually just like doxed himself, maybe doxed his neighbors or something. So I'm, I'm not. He was being a real tough guy, you know. I'm not saying I'm the bravest person, but if we were out protesting Keeler and you took a, you took a straight up like crossbow arrow. While the guy's reloading, I jump him. Like, I don't think he's an expert marksman and he hits you from, like, 100 yards away, right? Like, he was probably pretty close. That's and a good I, point. I think I could get him before he reloads. Now, I'm sure it's not, like, one of those old-timey crossbows where you got to put it on your on the ground and you got to put your foot no, on no, it. And no, no, like, no. Arrows, like, bow, bow and arrows and crossbows and stuff are way more advanced nowadays. But I'm pretty sure I could get him before he... Assuming I noticed you get hit. I feel like I could sprint up to him and get him. I feel like I could notice myself getting hit by an arrow. I feel like, like that's a very noticeable wound. I'd be like, Nikki, there's an arrow in my torso. Why, why is that the weapon of choice? We have guns in America. I don't know. I probably shouldn't be advocating people go well, shoot in, people. But. In, in Redwood City, who someone I know was at the Redwood City one, they actually had to stop the march because there were like guys with guns waiting in a gas station ahead or something. So. Yeah. Uh, the, police now, went out, the police went and just kind of broke them up, made them go away, and then the march continued. I should probably be appreciative of the fact that they're walking around with crossbows instead of guns, but I could also make fun of the fact that, bro, you, you like you had a racist Hawkeye had one arrow. There's no, there's no follow up strike. You know, it would have been really admirable. I say admirable, but this would have been really shitty to do if he like kept the car running, shot a guy, got in the car, and drove through all the rest of the protesters trying to rush him. Like that would have been like, oh man, this guy like he had a contingency plan. He thought he thought through his shit, but no, he's just a dumbass and racist. And you know that's yeah. Like what was his, what was his game with this? What was he trying to do? Uh, what do you think was gonna happen? All after lives he shot matter except for the guy who I'm gonna shoot with this arrow before I get jumped. Like fuck that guy. <laughs> Anyway, I, I really do hope that guy's okay. From all the, like, petitions and shit I've seen, I haven't seen a single uh, thing about that guy. Okay, so there are plenty of stories revolving the literal revolution going on in America right now. But I want to hit on one from yesterday. This hey, is from... The stream apart? What'd you say? Oh. We is still the have the local one? recording going. Uh, I am dropping okay, massive good. frames. Just making sure. Just making sure. 
Yeah, AT&T is uh, in AT&T. these hard AT&T. times giving me a fantastic time on twitch.tv slash Dale Shampoo. But anyway, uh, the Austin Police Department at Austin Police. Now, I'm no expert in calligraphy or handwriting or any kind of like written art. But the Austin Police Department has the dumbest fucking social media manager. I don't know how this got past anyone. Um, but basically, they tweeted out, We can't express enough how grateful we are to serve you, Austin. Our officers have been working around the clock during these unprecedented times and thank everyone who took the time to write and make our day a little brighter. Hashtag one off Austin safer together. Hashtag thankful uh, heart emoji. Now, there's a picture of a white and black officer smiling and looking at thank you cards. And they're dumb enough to post a close-up of these thank you cards. They're all in the same extremely distinct handwriting. All the T's are exactly the same. All the U's. They're all the same size of letter. So they someone clearly went to Target and just cleared out the envelope section. And none of them have postage. They didn't bother to put stamps on any of this shit. No return addresses. No, like, even addresses to the police center. This is so... It's so faked. It's insulting. Like, uh, the obviously, it, it, if you're listening to this in the future, the sentiment around police right now, the public feeling around officers, is not very positive. But also, the person who, like, wasted all these envelopes is so fucking stupid. They couldn't have, like... Write one with your left hand and write one with your right hand and then ask Susie in the cubicle across the way to write one also. Like, no, you're just fucking stupid, whoever this person was. It reminds me of that uh, that really famous tweet from Nathan Fielder from Nathan For You where he's like, out in the town having the time of life with a bunch of friends. They're all just out of frame laughing too. And there's just a picture of him just like laughing with no one else around him. Because he like it's just like a close up of his face. Um, it reminded me a lot of that at the point being that he's just like faking having friends. He doesn't really. Uh, and he actually followed up on that and actually made his own like tweet about getting a bunch of cards, like appreciating him and his show. And they're all identical like envelopes. Yeah. So it's, I'm appreciating that. I, I appreciate this. It's made my day. It's not know. even close. Uh, the Austin Police Department is verified, so I know that this is the actual account of the Austin Police Department in Texas. Uh, <laughs> and of all the things I've seen, I told Killer before the show, at this point I've actually muted tons of stuff on Twitter. I've like, I My muted uh, words on Twitter went from like three, which were The Last of Us, The Last of Us Part 2, and The Last of Us P2, <laughs> to like dozens of things, spanning all kinds of topics, not just protests and police brutality, I only did this a couple days ago, but from things like Warzone clips and, and fucking, uh, like, Twitch nonsense. I, I actually should mute DCMA, um, which is another thing that I should talk about later. But basically, my Twitter feed has just become a cesspool of, like, the same stuff over and over and over. Especially in these times, everyone's quarantined and talking about police brutality. So, here, here's the thing, right? Like, two weeks ago, when we talked about the George Floyd incident... Um, it was it was relatively new. I actually did, I, I I wanted to see a little more information. You know, we were in the stage where it was like, you know, we don't know what he did. There's really no justification for kneeling on a man's neck until you kill him. But also, you know, maybe something else happened. I I haven't gotten the full story yet. 
by now we've got yeah we've gotten the full story by now like i I don't know like what could have justified the officers killing george floyd the four officers who did that like i don't know he uh murdered eight other officers before they got onto him uh he like burned down minneapolis city hall like i don't know what could have justified it but i felt like i didn't have all the information at the time now i have all the information and those officers are shitheads yeah. and should be charged with literal murder and have been charged with second degree murder. But uh, anyway, since then, since two weeks ago, I have seen. I, I two weeks ago, I was a protest video professional. You could play the first three seconds of audio of any protest video, and I could tell you what it was. Whether it be someone getting shot in the face with a rubber bullet, uh, that officer in San Jose who was like, he was like fucking in the war zone like warm-up lobby when you drop from your parachute and you got like two guns you're just gunning people down really quick why why like warming up for the actual game um to officers running people over to random like all lives matter people driving through crowds to police putting bricks down to set up protesters to lootings to people throwing molotov cocktails like i have seen absolutely every protest video and it's kind of like watching a train wreck where I can't walk away. I don't want to be shielded from the reality that this is what's happening all over the U.S. right now. All 50 states protesting. You know, it's part of like I should, you know, be privy to what's happening. But also it's just it's just you just can't look away. You know, there was that one uh, clip of like there's tons of clips of journalists getting shot, tear gassed. Uh, there's clips of. There is one where you just hear, it sounds like a paintball fight. Just officers firing off uh, rubber bullets. Like, it literally sounds like a paintball match. And sirens going out of the background. And someone shouting, medic! Medic! And there's a guy actually, like, this actual gore. Uh, some blew his eyeball out with a rubber bullet. And I've seen multiple videos of people's eyes getting blown out with rubber bullets. And it's just, I, I, I couldn't look away. So... All of like, I would be getting in the shower watching protest videos being disgusted, watching looting videos being disgusted, um, also watching interviews, like all kinds. I wasn't just consuming bad content. I was consuming content with like, you know, people talking, people condemning the looters, uh, people talking about the movement, people talking about, uh, you know, how bail works and how the prison system works and all kinds of media. And the other day it got to the point where I was just like, this, I'm spending so much time on Twitter, and this isn't good for my mental health. Uh, it, and of course, someone every time I say this, and every time I, I think about this to myself, someone's gonna bring up the "Oh, Nikki, yeah, you think you have it bad on Twitter?" You know, they they have it worse because people are living it. Black uh, African Americans have it worse because they're living in the racist system. Like, and you're just complaining about it on Twitter. I feel like both of these realities can exist at the same time, right? An, an oversaturation of negative content on your social media feed can be negative while being an African-American in America right now and having to deal with the police is a, an overwhelmingly negative and usually fatal experience. I feel like both these realities can exist at once. And I decided, you know what? I can't spend this long. Like all the discourse on my Twitter feed is, hey, donate to this petition, which I've... Uh, the first petition I signed was to get that San Jose police officer. San Jose is a city in California, very near Kuehler and I. The officer in riot gear just like ready to fuck people up, right? 
Uh, that was like the first petition I signed was to get that man off the force. Because uh, that is, you should not be ready to just go out there like Call of Duty fucking crouch slide around corners, gunning people down with tear gas grenades. Like that, you shouldn't be just raring to do that. Um, so that was like one of the first petitions I signed. But my entire feed was donate to this, um, watch this horrific video of these people getting run over. Um, you know, it, it was just, it got to be too much. And so I decided to mute tons and tons of tags on Twitter. And now my, I actually spend way less time on Twitter. I did this like three days ago and I'm spending way less time. Um, I straight up, like I go on there, get a little bit of VR news and call it good for the day. Um, because, you know, while I'm not like trying to turn away and turn my eyes away from what's happening in America, I feel like 24 seven consuming that kind of content can't be healthy for my mental state. It, it, absolutely should i shouldn't be re releasing so much mental real estate to protest videos like i've just i've watched every single one of them and so i've just decided to like let's let's chill out on this a little bit and uh mute the tags that's that's where i've gone in the past two weeks and also uh but there also are some hilarious things that slip through the cracks like the austin police just being this whoever is running their social media is an, an absolute dumbass anyway uh it's important that i think i know the early access podcast isn't isn't the biggest podcast on spotify and itunes but it is important that um people speak out about this kind of stuff and that after all of this stops trending that we continue to not be like racist hawkeye and shooting people in crowds Anyway, uh, the other struggle, right, is to make sure that, like, this will eventually stop being, like, the biggest things on Twitter, but uh, the protests will hopefully continue to go on, and they're still very big, so. Yeah, I, we'll I, see I, how it goes. I mean, you don't I have, have to... one. I don't know how many I can be at more, because I do have an elderly person in the house, and I'm already freaking out waiting for my test results to hope I didn't catch anything. Yeah. So, um, maybe next Next uh, next podcast, you will learn if I have or do not have coronavirus. Oh, yeah. We do the podcast every 14 weeks. So we'll see if QLR has corona by then. Yeah. Well, I have a test that results will be coming in within the next few days. So. Well, we'll, we'll let you guys know if uh, QLR catches yeah. corona and well, dies. It'll be yeah, very obvious so. if you die. I could die. Yeah, I could die. Hopefully not. And hopefully, hopefully you don't. Not. Probably not. The scariest thing is the permanent respiratory damage that you can get from having the Rona. Yeah, that would that would suck. That's uh that that's suck. really bad. Eating is pretty nice. Yeah. Eating and breathing, uh top top tier things, in Good my thing. opinion. The police might not think so, but I really like both those yeah, things. Totally. <laughs> uh so it, it you don't have to know me particularly well to know that I support the protests and that I believe that uh the the actual entire system is messed up. I know we're focusing a lot on defunding or abolishing the police, but we have like we have when when people leave prisons, the the rate at which they are back in there is way too high. The the lack of ability to uh what's the word I'm looking for? Re reinstate, re rehabilitate. Well reintegration. Re the, yeah, yeah, reintegration. Also. The ability to reintegrate people back into society after they leave prison, get them in a stable job, uh, get them, 
you know, bat- obviously you don't have an income and people generally don't want to hire felons and, you know, marijuana charges are disproportionately um, impacting minorities and uh, they shouldn't be impacting anyone at all even. But uh, there, there's a big problem with not just the police and police brutality, but with how uh, how we prosecute people, how prison sentences work, how bail works. Bail is obviously not as easy to pay out for minorities who, who or people of lower income than it is. Yeah, rich that's people. come to light. That's come to light a lot more recently. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of just the entire system and not just the police being terrible people. Yeah. Obviously. A lot of- Oh yeah, and I'm saying a lot of old and new works are coming out. Like a lot of people are learning about concepts and things like that. I know, like the old, uh, the more famous Angela Davis work, "Our Prisons Obsolete," which is like literally talking, like the title says, it's actually asking, like, "Are prisons obsolete? Do we even need them anymore?" And like, are now like kind of coming back into social media, and young people who are just getting into like activism are starting to read these things. And, you know, all we need. So it's is... all coming out. Well, how the Tiger King brought to light about exotic animals in America. All we need is a Netflix documentary in a high security prison because the way they treat people in there is insane. People are just covered in cockroaches. There's so much gang violence, drug usage. You go into a high security prison, not addicted to heroin. You come out addicted to heroin. Like, this isn't how we we reintegrate people in the society, having them addicted to hard drugs uh, when they were incarcerated. Anyway, that that's what, that's what we really need like to mobilize the youth. Jeez. I, I, I honestly believe that's what we need to mobilize the youth is we need a Netflix documentary that we're all we talking about for two documentary weeks. Is clear. That, that, there, there's no better way to do it. Like everyone's passionate about um, police brutality right now because of viral Twitter clips. That's how we get the youth and the people riled up. It's viral Twitter, viral Twitter clips and Netflix documentaries. It's, it's not on Netflix. I think it is on Netflix, but uh, actually, I'm not even sure. But Fruitvale Station is ah, yes. filmed in the Bay, in from the Bay Area. It's about Oscar Grant's shooting, which we are both probably very familiar with. I, I assume you are. Yeah, at Fruitvale uh, Station. It happened. Yeah, it happened with us. Right, it happened near us in our area. I was very and, young when that happened. It's probably like seven or something, right? 2009. 2009. Oh, I was. Uh... So now I was like 14. Oh wow! Yeah, I was I was thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. I, I always remember that because it's the first time I ever saw in my lifetime a police murder caught on cell phone cameras, and yeah. that, that was a thing that was like very new at the time. It was like oh, everyone was like, "Oh my god!" The cell, if it wasn't for cell phones, no one would ever have seen the shooting. And then now it's just kind of like a like a thing that happens every few months. And now it finally exploded, and the whole country's in riot. So it, it's a good movie. It's the director of a uh, Black Panther. It's like his first movie that he made. Speaking of um, cameras, I now have... Uh, I've had it for a while, but I, I was lazy and I didn't have the rear camera, so I got the rear camera set up. I highly recommend everyone go on Amazon, spend like 80 bucks, and get a dash cam. Because right now, especially right now, there's so much... Uh, first off, it's useful for insurance, obviously. If like you rear-end someone, but it was their fault, you know, then you, you kind of have the footage to back yourself up. Uh, but also, there's just so much... I, I feel like it's $80 that could at best come up with like a funny viral video of someone like a police officer falling off of a scooter in the middle of a street. Like then I, I get that for my $80 and at worst it'll be like, okay, well if I'm, I, for those of you who don't watch the early access podcast live, QLR and I are both Brown people. Uh, now we're not African Americans. I feel like, um, Filipinos are relatively safe. I, I especially live in a very 
Filipino heavy area. And actually the only officer I have ever interacted with in the past like year or so in this area was also Filipino. So I should be okay. Um, but having a dash cam, I feel like is just, it's such a nice safety net. And what are they going to do? Go into your car and destroy your dash cam. And now this is when this is in court when they, when you cut to the footage of an officer destroying my dash cam, uh, and you take that voice clip of what I just said, but having a dash cam is just, it's just, it's such a nice, it's $80. And if you can spare it, I feel like is, a, a nice security net. If something were to happen to you. Um, and you I have to be arrested outside of your car or something. Or I have considered getting a dash cam, um, not for for like a much I guess more like wholesome reason. It was the last Fourth of July when I was going over your place. Yeah. I was driving over to your place, so I was going down the highway. What's the main highway? It's, oh, one hundred and one or eight eighty? No, no, eight eighty. The one on the East Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going down that one. And they were, the fireworks started going off, like literally around me. And as I was driving by, I was just like surrounded on either side by this like line of fireworks going on. And it was one of the most beautiful drives and probably the most beautiful drive I've ever had in my life. As someone who doesn't even like driving nor cars, I was like, this is the place to be right now. Because it was just such a beautiful sight seeing this just line of fireworks going off all around me. Um, I don't know why. I, I usually fireworks are launched from like one place, but it seems like in Union City and Hayward they just kind of go off wherever. Yeah, I guess. oh yeah, and there are, are a lot of people like, firing illegal these are fireworks. Industrial off. fireworks. These yeah. are industrial fireworks. These aren't like little sparklers because you couldn't see those in the highway. Um, but there's just fireworks going off everywhere, and it was great. Like the whole sky was lit up by, with color and everything. And I just kept thinking I would have loved to have a dash cam for that, and I've wanted to have one, but my car's broken right now. So this this is again um, outlining my my Twitter addiction and the fact that I spend too much time on Twitter. But there are a lot of people calling to cancel the Fourth of July, uh, or like don't celebrate. Now here's the thing: the Fourth of July, I feel like I, the Fourth of July is I'm, I'm not even memeing. Actually, my favorite holiday because it's not a family oriented holiday like Christmas or Thanksgiving. It, it can be a family oriented holiday, but it's not necessarily. It's about eating burgers and hot dogs, which. Are, I'm a fat ass, two things I really enjoy. Uh, getting drunk, having a beer, going to the pool. It's it's in July. Like July, at least around our area, um, especially because we have the bay regulating the temperature. It's warm, but it's not uncomfortably hot around here. You know, I, I've always enjoyed the 4th of July because there's, you know, you can go to the pool, you can get drunk, you can eat good food, hang out with your friends, right? The 4th of July is legitimately my favorite holiday because of the activities get the fireworks you know they're really pretty um m pretty much every year for the fourth of july i go to kyle's house his dad grills some burgers um he has the only two-story house because he got his house renovated in the area so we get up on the roof watch the fireworks and like Hewler said there's a shit ton of illegal fireworks going on in every direction and you just have As a prime spot sitting on pulling into union city like going through like you know the suburban streets heading to your place i saw some people like i had to like drive around some people who were launching illegal fireworks just in the middle of the street yeah. i'm just like yeah it's gonna, it's gonna go around you guys and then like when we were inside your house like there were fireworks going up all, it felt like almost like in the same block and like it was lighting through the windows and it yep. just felt like artillery barrage going on outside or something it was real rough yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, I love watching the fireworks. Kyle has a pool. We usually grill something. You get drunk. You sit on his rooftop. His rooftop's way taller than every other rooftop in the neighborhood. So you can see all the illegal fireworks in every direction. 
Um, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Isn't it's, it canceled anyways? Like, I can't really, we can't really do that this time. Yeah. So there's social bubbling going on right now, I think is what's happening. And it's groups of like 10 or 12 people or less. You shouldn't change people in the group within 12 uh, within three weeks, every three weeks, you can change yeah. the group, which I feel like that's yeah. kind of an awkward conversation to have. Like, hey, man, I can't hang out with you because you're not part of my social bubble. So schedule an entry to the social it's bubble in like time. 21 time, days. Yeah. You know, like. Okay, you're used to having a, like sign up sheets to play with people, right? Yeah, yeah. Sign up to play on the Stealth Shampoo stream. <laughs> so we have the, the sign up sheets for the social bubble, right? So we're kind of lifting. Right now, I think we've had the four, as of like yesterday when I saw the chart. California had like its four worst days of coronavirus cases and we're lifting restrictions. Yeah. And these are like, that's, that's what I'm afraid of. So like, obviously like these little bubbles and things are fine and like normal days, but we're having like a spike from the Memorial Day weekend. And yeah. that's from Memorial Day weekend. We've now had like gigantic protests around the entire country. And in a few weeks, which is going to be very close to the 4th of July, we're going to see a big number of cases go up. And yeah. I'm kind of fret. Yeah, it's it's going to be like what a week or two from now until we see protesters, unfortunately, getting the Rona, uh, and it is right now mid early June, July fourth. I don't know how well things are going to be opened up and whether or not we decide to cancel the Fourth of July because America has failed a lot of minorities and in the way it's uh, setting all that aside. The pandemic might get to the Fourth of July first, so if it not already has. So yeah. I wasn't I wasn't planning on doing anything anyways, just because I Same. can't really. Yeah, I, I just, I'd love to do that. And I was looking forward to it. But I. It, it's like the same thing with you, like besides the one protest. And if I'm if I'm negative, then that means that'll be my only time I've like properly left the house to do something outside of like very minimal things. So I don't want to like break that and just go all go drink with a bunch of people and then find out that ruined it. I hate that to happen. Yeah, I, I have left my house a little bit more lately. Um, I still haven't shaved. Uh, and I still look like an absolute hobo. I've left the house a few times, but not for anything like major. Like It's not like I haven't left these walls, but I haven't like been in a crowd except for that one time. Oh, I've, so, I, yeah, I haven't been in a crowd at all for the entire Yeah, court. I've been in one, and I'm already like freaking out about that. So I don't want to do that again. I went to a ramen shop the other day, and uh, it's, it's so weird. So this ramen shop's on the outside of a mall, and... The way they have it set up is it's actual like sit down, nice ramen shop. And the front door is open, but there's a big piece of plastic over the front door that you can talk through and hand things through. And there's a table blocking the front door so no one can come in. And I took my, uh, they took my order, placed it there and handed me my food all without me going into the restaurant. Anyway, it was literally only me there. I'm in a mall on the outside of a mall and I'm just overlooking the parking lot. And it's maybe like 2 p.m. because I went out for lunch after I did a little bit of work. And I'm just looking over this empty parking lot at 2 p.m. on a Monday in, in a mall. And malls are already pretty dead in America. But this mall was super dead because it's quarantine. And I'm just soaking in it like I will oh, outside of quarantine, I will never see this. Like, it will never be this quiet in front of the mall. There's no music playing or anything. The lady even asked me, like, how'd you even know we were open? And I was like, well, I wanted ramen. And, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And I'm going to go get some ramen. Uh, it's actually now my favorite ramen place uh, on this side. I've tried a couple ramen places in the area. This is place is fantastic. I'm going to go back there. 
But anyway, on, on that side, you almost scared me there. Yeah, all on this side. No, where Kuehler lives, there's like it's like the third most heavy Japanese population in the U.S. or something crazy like that. Like, obviously, there's better ramen in the peninsula. Yeah, and we've got like the best one right here too. Yeah. Although someone from San Jose told me that there was a really good one in San Jose that they said was their best ramen, so I got the recommendation. But uh, obviously, that I did that on our last time we met before things shut down. So you know, we'll have to wait to see. Well, so while I was in front of that ramen restaurant, there's literally no one else there. Um, but there is one old man, and he is carrying his mask around instead of wearing it. And, you know, I, I stayed very far, six feet apart. There's plenty of space in this empty mall courtyard uh, to stay away from him. But I, man, with people, like, not completely adhering to wearing masks, with um, the resurgence in the past four days of the Rona, and then the protests, 4th of July isn't looking all that good, which I know is a bit selfish of me. But it would be nice to have something to look forward to. With E3 supposed to be going on right now, that's canceled. Uh, which E3 is as stressful as it is fun. Like 4th of July, there's not really any holidays in August. And September comes around. Uh, October, there's, there's Halloween, I guess. There is. Really Halloween, though. Like, there's just nothing to look forward to. Like, I, I really like 4th of July gathering around with my friends and having a drink and a burger and all that. But, uh, if yeah there's just I, I don't know it's there's nothing to do like what else is there to say about that all right uh we're gonna smack the last topic on uh on the list here so the past couple of days a bunch of twitch streamers uh I, I actually i shouldn't say a bunch of twitch streamers a lot a lot of twitch streamers um were struck with dcmas and a lot of twitch streamers are also surprised that you're not allowed to play music that you don't earn the rights to on your live stream. Stell Shampoo has been on Twitch for seven years now. We're coming up on seven years. And I got zero DCMA strikes because I don't play music. Um, and the music that I do play, like I usually just, I don't save the VOD or it's music that I did have the license to. Um, but a bunch of Twitch streamers got hit by DCMAs by uh, music companies who don't want them playing their music and so twitch actually issued strikes for these and three strikes can get your account suspended or banned um i didn't read the the full details on that but this has been a massive problem on twitch and there's huge implications for actually the twitch rhythm game community on this because um the rhythm game community isn't known for exactly following copyright law all that well but what's been happening is that um Twitch is off issuing these DCMAs not because a lot of people I saw on my Twitter feed were saying that they're doing this because they, they changed the rules or Twitch isn't allowing copyrighted music anymore. Twitch has never allowed you to stream content that you do not have the permission to stream. In fact, like streaming someone else's stream is kind of in a gray area. Um, and so this isn't actually new. It's just the first time. People have been... People have been not following the rules for a long time and not being punished for it. And this is the first major wave of uh, copyright strikes that we're seeing against streamers. And so people are mad at Twitch. Uh, they really shouldn't be. They should be a little bit more tilted at the record labels. And we have some really dumb copyright laws that are keeping like Mickey Mouse out of the public domain for... When was Mickey Mouse <laughs> invented? Drawn? Oh God, that must have been like... I, I don't even know. It was before the 50s, I, I want to say. 
or it might have been. I would say, I would say the thirties, but I might I might just be a random. That might be, that might be stretching a little far. That might be animation and Disney was definitely around that time, but it might be a little more. I don't I don't remember the exact history, but yeah, Disney was always a big lead, and, and there's always a bit of a. Oh, by by the way, I like a few years ago, I was got really really into like copyright law, and the only reason I'm not into it is just because I exhausted it. But I just I just learned most about it. But um, like like there's a big hypocrisy because Disney kind of based their popularity off things that existed. You know, things like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and Peter Pan and Cinderella are all stories that kind of previously existed and that were in the public domain and that didn't translate it into movies that became very big and popular and iconic. And then they kind of have been like the most notorious people for shutting down any like fair use public domain stuff and keeping anything from leaving like absolute copyright maximalism so they're usually kind of the face of like wanting to hold back ever anything from ever like being in the public's hands but unfortunately that's where we are and unfortunately a lot of the companies in the streaming and youtube and twitch and whatnot have to abide by that so a lot of times we get uh a lot of times people have anger towards the companies that enforce them, but in reality, it's really the laws that like govern them and the companies that have so much power over those laws. Yeah. Twitch, if someone tells Twitch to issue a DCMA for a takedown of copyright content, whether it be a video game, music, whatever, Twitch has to issue that DCMA or they're going to lose. I mean, they're going to be liable. They can't, they can't just, you know, not do that. Um, so one of the biggest criticisms of of this DCMA uh, take whole takedown thing, tons of streamers were hit by this. Was Twitch does not Twitch recommends? Uh, I actually read their tweet here. This week we had a sudden influx of DCMA takedown requests for clips with background music from 2017 to 19. If you're unsure about the rights to audio and past streams, we advise removing those clips. Um, we know many of you have large archives. We're working to make this easier. This is the first time we've received mass DCMA claims against clips. We understand this has been stressful for creators and are working on solutions, including examining how we can give you more control over your clips. We adhere to DCMA, which requires that we take action on content and streamers upon notice from rights holders, as happened this week. Our guidelines for music have not changed. Please reference them here. And then they link to uh, Twitch's some of Twitch's legal documentation there. Uh, like, you're just not... Streamers have been towing the line for too long, and they, you know, they finally got smacked for it. They're like, I, I haven't been hit for by this for a while, um, so I'm just going to keep doing it. And then they've finally been hit by it. Now, here's where one of the big criticisms come in. Uh, well, first off, the music industry in general doesn't really have easy ways to license music out to people who who can use it. There's YouTube's free library of audio. Monster Cat offers like Monster Cat Gold. And there's a lot of record labels that kind of offer like carte blanche or like straight up just use any of our music for free in your productions. We don't care. Do whatever you want. Right. But that's not all labels. Um, that's most certainly no top 40 stuff. Um, and getting licensing yeah, for and music is not easy. Yeah. Besides being ridiculously expensive, like for example, Grand Theft Auto like yeah. spends most of their game budget just on licensing their radios. Uh, like so, besides it being difficult, sometimes it's even hard to find. Sometimes you can't even really find the person who has it. And if you grab, you know, if you if you buy it off a person who has it but doesn't really have the license, then the person who really has the license can try to take you down. And there have been cases of like licensing battles where you're not really sure who owns the license at all. So these things can be extremely complicated to navigate, extremely expensive to go around. And like you said, there's only a few places that really offer you like good licensing. That's like monster cat going to be very easy and, and generally free we've seen even uh sony got a uh, last of us video from their twitter taken down by their own copyright strikes 
That's hilarious. I so actually didn't know that one. I have the last was muted on Twitter, so I didn't know that. That's hilarious. It happens very often too. Like it's very often that we'll see like a company will get hit by their own like DCMA bot because they're just grabbing everything and they don't always need to even they don't even checking if they have the license and sometimes they do that. Even the president, I think, got hit by a copyright strike once. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. So it's it's just extremely prevalent, like kind of everywhere. And it's kind of funny that like Twitter never like censors Trump if we're kind of adamant on like they don't want to censor Trump, but yet copyright DCMA strikes have managed to do so. They'll get them. So one of the other big problems is Twitch's official recommendation is to remove your clips. And there's actually no easy way to do it. It's actually really hard to filter through your clips. I mean, first of all, they're like really hidden. You got to click on the streamer icon, videos, clips drop down, and then set it to like all time, 24 hours, seven days, whatever. Um, but there's no way to sort search through clips by like, for example, game category. If Kitty asked me the other day, she was like, Nikki, can you find that PUBG clip with this one glitch? And I'm like, you got to be more specific than that. <laughs> like, that's a stupid glitchy <laughs> game. As much as we shit on Warzone. At least it's like way more playable than PUBG ever was. Anyway, there there's no way to easily look through your clips. And so Twitch doesn't have the tools in place to, to sort through your videos or uh, sort through highlights. I actually would really like to keep some clips private and highlight some other clips. Um, and also I'd like a really quick way to delete clips. Because some people just like, sometimes I, I see it happen all the time. Sometimes you guys just clip me. It's like a Warzone clip. I'm like, oh, did I do something cool? Say something funny? Did Richard do something dumb? And it's just me going like, there's a guy over to the right. And then like 20 seconds later, I kill him and it's not even an impressive kill. And that, that, that's someone accidentally hitting the clip button. And I wish there was a quick and easy way to like mass delete clips, either for that instance or for um, the instances of removing clips that may have audio. Um... But just Twitch doesn't have the tools in place right now to to deal with this kind of stuff. So we have people like unable to download their clips, unable to delete clips in mass. And so there are people like on GitHub and just random uh, like people on Twitter writing scripts to download and delete your clips or um, people offering to like archive them somewhere. And so there are a lot of these third parties coming out and helping streamers preserve their content, which is really nice. Um, but also just Twitch... Twitch did not have the infrastructure in place at, at the time to help people deal with such a massive wave of claims. And uh, if people don't, people are taking this very seriously. Big streamers are taking this extremely seriously. Um, livelihoods are literally at stake. Channels people have built up over years are at stake because they didn't listen to Nikki to not play copyrighted music on stream. It's something I legitimately never do. And when I do, the VOD gets deleted. Like it's it's gone. And I expect anything done during that VOD is null and void removed. Actually, I think the I, I got zero DCMA um, takedowns on Twitch, and I have seven years worth of content on this Twitch channel. The one DCMA that I've been hit by recently was the Pavlov clip where I was playing. I forget who was it like Rage Against the Machine or something. I was playing some some like you know decently popular song, and I flipped a I Desert Eagle through the air and then reloaded it in Pavlov and then shot a guy in the head in one shot. That clip was actually removed from Twitter. Um, Twitter decided that that clip was not um, okay because I got uh, DCMA locked on it. So they just took it down. Yeah. Like, I don't think I got a strike or anything. And even if I did, you know, whatever, that's like my literal only strike. Uh, so yeah, just don't, 
you know, there, there does need to be industry reform. There needs to be easier ways for content creators to get access to music. I know, I know for a fact, a lot of VR rhythm games, a lot of tiny VR rhythm games, they're spending so much money on music licensing. Uh, and it's, it, it's an industry that needs uh, a good hard look at, especially in the age of the internet where everyone's sharing things. Um, and I, yeah, I, and go ahead, Killer. Yeah, music and, and film industries are generally very, very behind on all of these things. Like video games as a whole have moved on to being more lenient. And I think we forget that it's not just like top 40 music, like the soundtracks in your video games are copyrighted. The stories and the scripts and things like that are copyrighted. So like it is possible for someone to just a game company to simply decide that they don't want you to be playing their game and take it down, which we do see uh, once in a while. We do see like Nintendo and Atlas want, got some uh, criticism for like taking doing copyright strikes on their video games. So it's kind of a reminder that like even the video game you're streaming is not content that you actually own and can be taken down by a DCMA. And it's a, not something I necessarily agree with. But most companies realize that like streaming and videos are like and let's plays are reasonably good advertising and they let it happen. Only occasionally yeah. do we see the opposite. But like film, the RAA and the MPAA are much stricter on uh realizing this and ma- in many ways always try to deny uh admitting that this might be a thing all the way back to like the old days when they say you know vhs was gonna kill or like taping things from the radio was gonna kill the industry and things like that and it never does never really does but they're, they're always going to be resistant to everything i wonder how this will impact tiktok creators coming up because tiktok is just a plethora of of copyright infringement and people using songs and very popular songs even songs uh, have become very popular even just from being on tiktok also yeah i mean there's there's that whole argument also with um yeah with oh it's ex- I, it's music exposure which yeah i don't I mean, agree with 100 percent, but it's not 100 percent. but in some cases i think it definitely kind of has been there's been like the uh I still remember when I went to go uh, hear Flamingo, character of Flamingo, and then oh, yeah. I looked down and like one day, sometimes it's just like, oh, this is a cute song about that. And then I looked down one day and everyone's talking about TikTok and like, holy shit, this became a meme, didn't it? Flamingo is a, a meme it's on TikTok. the first single. I think, I, I, I don't I, know I, where I know, I know. or how. I know, it, I know it is just based off the responses people give to the video. Everyone knows it as a meme song. And then, like the only the occasional ones, like, oh, this is actually a good song. I'm like, yeah, it is. Their first album's actually kind of fun. It is. KKB sick. Yeah, but they are. That's um, that's the whole thing going on right now with copy. I had one more thing to say on that, the whole copyright thing. I forgot what it was. People, uh, there, yeah, there's not an easy way to for streamers to, like really access this kind of content. And the way to keep yourself safe is just have the license to music, or don't license to music, or if you want to listen to music then just route it so that it comes into your headphones and not out to the stream. It's not a, a particularly difficult thing to do. Just mute the source um, outputting near a stream and, and tell, tell people to play their own music. Don't play, don't play music like unless it's, unless it's like supposed to be there. Because oftentimes I'll, I like to listen to music on my own while watching a stream. And I, it, you can't do that if I have to hear your music and then my music. Yeah. That that's actually always I been actually, my philosophy. Also, yeah. If I want the music, I can add the music. If I don't want the music, I don't need to hear your like radio in the background. The problem is more when it comes to things like rhythm games, where it's unavoidable. Yeah, and like exclusively relies on playing music on the stream. 
yeah. those will have a hard time. And I, I, as someone who is in rhythm game communities, I really feel for them. It's yeah, especially it's going to be difficult for uh, all the Beat Saber streamers out there who are getting requests because Beat Saber streams run off of people requesting rap yeah. god and uh, tons of copyrighted music, K-pop especially. And all of the all of the you know big customs are copyrighted music, like very heavily copyrighted music, not like on disc songs. Yeah, and just because it's on a game like on disc on Guitar yeah, Hero Three, you don't disc, have the right to play yeah. it. Yeah, of course. Something like, like KDA is not going to exactly go through a crab rave might get taken down. Or maybe I think that might be a monster cat. That's monster cat. Yeah, 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 that should be all right. Monster cat. Okay. I, I forget. I, I I heard Noise Storm before, like years ago, like 2012. Someone just sent me Noise Storm as an artist. And I'm like, he only had like an EP out or something. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I didn't know for a long time that he made crab rave. And then I found out. Now that's all he's known for. But I still have his old, like, old EP somewhere. Crab Rain is a big Very, It's very hard for me to connect the two because it's hard to imagine this guy who played on like Osu in 2012 is now this gigantic meme who has like an official song in Beat Saber. It is. Yeah, he does have an official map and that map has its own official coloring. But just, yeah, it does. I still can't pass it also. When it switches hands, I get fucked up. Beat Saber, um, I think they do have, don't take my word on this, but Beat Saber tweeted out, OST 1, 2, and 3 are all like clear to stream. Now, of course, I mean, the yeah, OST that's what I'm saying. Like, that's fine, but like, how many times can I play Escape? You know, the, the OST maps suck. Like on harder difficulties, and, like, OST they get, they get old. Yeah, and they get old very quickly. They're not that challenging if you get too good. It's like you can't rely on those forever. The game rhythm games exist because of customs. They their yeah. like longevity is because of custom songs. Either either custom songs or just a hell of a lot of DLC, which no one. Only Rock Band has really pulled off properly, I think, in recent times. Because so it's, it's expensive; it's really expensive to do. Whereas customs are just illegal, <laughs> so it's cheap. Beat Saber says Fitbeat. All songs from OST One Two Three, Rocket League, and Monster Cat Music Pack have content ID turned off if you stream those without restrictions. But yeah, I, one of the problems with Beat Saber, like at the super high levels, the official maps suck ass. Like they're just they're just bad patterns. Uh, they're boring. I, I have like zero interest in any other DLC when they come out just because the maps are overall just bad. They released uh, the best example of this was um, Overkill. Overkill was mapped by the Beat Saber community 50 yeah. times over and all of those maps are better than the official one. Uh, the official one has this dumb like now I'm getting into Beat Saber talk that no one's going to understand. But it has okay. like the dun, 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 part of the map, uh, like the soup, the, oh, the yes, basically yeah. the chorus of the song, uh, yeah. is just like a bunch of up downs, and then they do a, you do a crossover with your hands. Where Nuke Times version of that map, it's like a it's like a bunch of splits in the opposite direction. It's way harder. It's it, it's jumps. It's jumps instead of a double hand stream, and it's way better that way. Um, and the official map sucks, and that's like the best example of like the community mappers are better than the official mappers. It's the clearest example of that. And anyways, we're not talking about DLC because those haven't been cleared. Yeah, the uh, Beat Saber, no, the Green all, Day Beat Saber all, DLC will get you nuked. I'm yeah. There's a Panic at the Disco one, which obviously will not be allowed. There's an Imagine Dragons one, which thankfully is not allowed, and mm -hmm. just various. They're, they're not going to be allowed. The DLC. So even if there's new DLC, if it's from like a famous band, it's not going to be cleared for content ID, and then you're just you're screwed. You can't play it. And then what do you do? 
Like, you can't even play the new content for your own game. Then you play Warzone. So, ry- rhythm games are, are, are going to get hit real hard by this, and I know they're all freaking out and thinking of what to do. I see people streaming on Discord now for, like, privately. and But that, obviously, you can't, like, build an audience off of that nearly as much. So Yeah. A Discord doesn't have that discoverability that, obviously, yeah. you would stream I, I hope on Twitch. I hope we can get fix this. I do wish, because I, I think playing a... I would argue, at least ethically, not legally. Please do not take my legal advice or any of our legal advices. Um, no, I'm not a lawyer. I would argue, anything what I said. Yeah, I would argue that, but at least ethically, I think that playing a streaming like yourself playing a rhythm game song is fair use. Oh, that, you just reminded me of the thing I wanted to say like 15 minutes ago. Okay, uh, here we go. Fair use. Streamers have been saying, oh, why can't I stream this? It's fair use. I'm playing a game over the music or I'm sewing over the music or I'm doing something over the music, whatever. Fair use is a legal defense. It's not It's not something that clears you and be like, ah, oh, I lift the DCMA, you can use that music. You got to go to court and argue fair use. And going to court's a pain in the ass. Uh, so, And this is kind of in the benefit of the publishers and the license holders mm-hmm. is that there's not really any restrictions to making DCMA claims. They have the money, the power, and the lawyers and the lobbyists to basically allow them free reign to just kind of throw DCMA at everyone and then kind of not suffer the consequences if it's wrong. And that, and the fact that like through decades of copyright policy, fair use is, doesn't have a very clear definition at all. There's yeah. never really been a clear cut case of like what fair use, where it begins and where it ends. So you can't even have like a, it's not like a checklist you can go through to see if it's fair use. And that's straight up like a remix or something. And even then, maybe, I don't know. So it's, it's very hard to, to really rely on that. And certainly don't do the, uh, the old YouTube thing of just posting. It's fair use in the description. Or something. Uh, no copyright infringement intended. Yeah. Like great, the, that's not a legal argument. The bots Please, striking yeah. you are not looking for that phrase. They're just looking for yeah. the music. Which uh, actually, by the way, it was revealed on I believe DJ Wheat stream. He's a big um, employee at Twitch, very very well known. Uh, he he was interviewing someone, and they revealed that um, these these record labels, or the, I guess the tools in general, are out there to do live copyright strikes. So we're not just looking at clips or vods anymore. If you are streaming, God forbid, Imagine Dragons in the background live, then those seven white guys from Imagine Dragons can click a button and DCMA you live on your channel. So you- I have had a, a YouTube stream taken down live for copyright, by the way. Hmm. Yeah, so, they, so the tools are out there for them to do that. And I'm kind of surprised because I actually was, it was, the music was very quiet and it was specifically like remixed style. So it wasn't even, it was like definitively fair use, not even really breaking any, like it wasn't being directly played or publicly performed, but obviously that doesn't count to DCMA, but I'm surprised that triggered a bot. It had like no views. It was a test stream and shit like that. So I'm surprised if actually that got, got taken it. down. Yeah, yeah. I had many worse things streamed that never got hit, even uploaded onto YouTube that had been up there for like that de- for like a decade and never been hit. But that one did. You never know. You YouTube, never know. YouTube does a good job with its free um, audio library. It's actually a pretty robust library. I went, I went through it before with music and sound effects and all that fun stuff. Uh, Twitch doesn't, I think, have anything like that where there's just music. But there, there needs to be an easier way for content creators to get music or get the licenses or pay for the licenses. Because, I mean, it's it really comes down to the artists getting paid for their work. 
And if there's an affordable, reasonable way, kind of like Monster Cat, you just put down like, I don't know, five, 10 bucks or whatever. I don't know how much it is. And you get access to their entire library. You can play it. No, no DCMA is coming your way. That, that, that needs to be available for more genres of music than just for electronic. Uh, and there, it needs to be accessible to streamers. And there needs to be some legislation change um, around the yeah, whole DCMA yeah. system. The whole purpose of copyright, like kind of these days, is really just a protection for the license holders. Like even a lot of the musicians themselves and artists and things like that, especially the smaller ones, are usually okay with kind of people using their music because obviously they like not even just the exposure, but just the enjoyment, just knowing that people are out there like enjoying their stuff, especially if they're not like outright stealing it. They think it's generally okay. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes their labels don't think the same way. And a lot of copyright, modern copyright, which is very long standing, is largely for that kind of restriction, just to have like this kind of perpetual hold on the intellectual property. Original copyright was originally made for, not, not for the, the creator's good, but for the public good. The idea being that like, you want copyright just so someone doesn't, you know, like they know they can make something and not have it immediately be resold by the, like their neighbor. Um, but then after like, but at the same time, after a few years, like, I think the original time was like 25 years or maybe even like 15 years, uh, the, the work they did would go into the public domain. So then that would incentivize them to go make more things. And it would also give the public, you know, this work that they've enjoyed for some time. So like, yeah, finding that balance, like, yeah, the point being that it was a balance of like incentivizing the artist to make something and well you know be able to get paid and make a living off of it but also benefiting the public and that other half of benefiting the public has largely gone away over the years because they've just kept extending and extending it to the point where we kind of forgot that's even a part of copyright law or the intention of copyright in the first place uh, I told you I read most about this. I'd recommend reading if you, yeah. if you're like a Twitch streamer at all interested in this. I'd recommend looking into it because there's actually quite a lot of like relation between like license holding intellectual property and like the advancement and progression of like our culture and things like that. So it's worth looking into. It's a relatively new concept we have of like holding on to property as a thought for a long time. I obviously uh, touched upon a little bit of this when I was in college. Uh, forgot about a lot of it. But in your in your opinion. <laughs> On the flip side of things, are these streamer clip channels fair use? So what people do, I've been on a couple of them. Um, what people do is without permission, they will find popular clips on Twitch. Not hard to do. Go to a game category, go to top clips, most viewed, whatever. Find the most popular and funny ones, stick them all together. And at most, they'll put a lower third with the streamer's name on there. And it'll just be a montage of 10 minutes of streamer clips. The thumbnail will be some hot chick showing a bunch of cleavage so people get the clicks. They'll put that clip somewhere in at the four minute mark so people like watch until they see it at least. And and that's the whole thing. It's just, it's just a compilation of different streamers clips. And some weeks they'll have uh, uh, female streamers gone wild or some weeks they'll have uh, VR streamers breaking shit. That's actually not a lot of content, but... They'll, they'll have they'll have some weeks of uh, PUBG fails or some weeks of times Nikki got mad at Warzone. That would actually be a really long video, but they'll have they'll have basically just clips without permission ripped from the streamers, put together in a montage. The most credit those streamers get is a lower third with their name on it. Maybe not even a link in the description. In your opinion, is that fair use? I think it might be. 
because it's in the it's in the context of a larger thing. I think it's often yeah. the question of like, is trashy content still fair use? Like, is bad content still count as fair use? Because, for example, this kind of is, especially if it's just a clip and you know it's not a whole video, it's kind of in relation to like uh, uh, sampling, which was like a big thing in like early electronic movements, and then got killed basically once it got big enough for labels to to realize it exists. And now basically only the richest people can get like good samples. But at the, I know it's like, that's kind of like a really beautiful output of like mashing together just various things of art and things like that. Things like the avalanches and bands that are really well known for sampling. Uh, but I don't know if like, is that kind of content necessarily worth it? Where, where does your video end and begin? Is it the clip yeah. or is it count the whole, the whole VOD? Uh, I, and those I, are diff- those are harder things to, to probably determine. I personally feel like that's just relocating of other people's content. Like you're just it's, it's a compilation. So there's a, a more extreme example is YouTube back in like 2012, 2013, like back in the COD days. Someone yeah. would get a fantastic Call of Duty gameplay, or uh, this would happen with like FPS Russia, for example, who made gun videos of things exploding. Whatever. Oh, yeah, I you them. take any yeah. video, right, and you put it. Uh, 15% of the size of the video player on the bottom right. And then you have a girl showing a bunch of cleavage. They were called reply girls. And they would just watch the video and go, whoa, ha ha wow, that's cool. And that would, you know, it, basically it would be their video. Like, let's say my Call of Duty gameplay in the huh? bottom right. I tell a joke and they'll go, ha ha And that video, right, is... It's like the draw. That is the content. It's just the reply girl is replying to the video, so it has a premium spot on the YouTube recommended because it's so closely related to the actual video you're watching. That's how it gets views. It gets clicks because there's a thumbnail with a bunch of cleavage on it. But the actual content itself, you could crank these out as fast as it takes you to watch the video. Is that fair use? Because I'm adding something. Isn't this basically reaction videos in some ways? Yeah. There's a ton of reaction channels that are like professionally filmed, but they're really just a, their reactions aren't like anything major or anything yeah. like majorly entertaining. They're just kind of watching something. Uh, That's and yeah, some ways that is, I guess, it is kind of fair use, but it's also kind of just sucks. And That's, I think a lot of yeah. it is also like what relates in like going even to beyond just copyright and going to like a grander scale. Like what is our role, how like art works and like economics and our own systems and capitalism and whatnot. And how fair is it to even exist that you need like these views, but does those views even count to you and, and things like that. I think like it's, it's kind of, kind of in a way how we're talking about like fixing law enforcement can't exist while like keeping the same systems we have. It's like, maybe it's hard to really think of like a world with less of a copyright, like maximalism without rethinking of the way we even like look at, the way we own certain things that we create and yeah, like yeah. the way we're allowed to profit off of them. So like, like you said, there are a bunch of react people, like professional react channels, like six people reacting to the same video in a studio, professionally mic'd up and lit and everything like that. They'll take the most interesting parts of each reaction. It's really well done, right? That is essentially the same thing as like a reply girl sitting around like, ha ah, and just watching the video in full and getting her full 10-minute video, 10-minute reaction. Like, yeah. they're kind of the same thing. And that's what that's where the gray line is of what is 
which of these is fair use? Are, is if the Reply Girl is fair use, then the studio film, the one is definitely fair use. Or do, do they need to put a certain amount of hours editing in? Or does it need to be a certain number of people, certain number of cuts? Like it's just too hard that, to draw that line. Use. Very difficult and very hazy of a of a legal thing, and why you can't really just depend on it by itself, you know? Yeah, and, and so that's where it comes to streams. Like, oh, I landed a 360 no scope off of the top of the crane and high rise uh while let the body sit the floor plays in the background right while let the body sit the floor is playing in the background and i don't own that music that shot was sick as fuck i did a yy throwing knife stall in there and so that's it's kind of my content my skill like that's how is a judge going to sit down and be like you know that yy fakey throwing knife stall 360 intervention bolt a reverse bolt no scope that was pretty cool took a lot of skill so you know what i rule fair use in favor of the guy who's playing let the body sit the floor in the back like how do you how do you know that that was skillful unless you literally have done that it would take like a bit of a reimagining on like how we even view our like ownership of art and the way we present it is YouTube even like are YouTube and Twitch even good platforms for doing this? Are they YouTube definitely profits off of people getting a bunch of views by just putting a an attractive woman on the on a video? Same with Twitch and things like that. So like even even the platforms we use, you know, those can even be reimagined and redone and like maybe thought of in different ways. And I don't know. These are questions much bigger than I think either of us can be fit to answer because we're here at like past midnight on a twitch stream yeah i think i'm gonna speaking of which go play wars I do, I do recommend looking up to this if anyone as was at all for like whoever here is this podcast if you're at all interested in it there's definitely a lot of writing on like the role of like creative media copyright yeah. property and things like that we've spoken a lot about a lot of heavy topics today literally the murder of african-americans systemic <laughs> racism copyright law and copyright and culture <laughs> And 360 YY no scope fakey throwing knife stall rebolts off of the crane. Or rebolts, not even a thing. Off of uh, the crane and high rise. The early access podcast. We're here to talk about video games and police brutality. Which, uh, yeah, if I didn't get that across, I am in support of the protest. And I hope that um, I hope that we see some change in all of the things that we've talked about here today. I am going to hit up Braun, maybe play some Warzone. Uh, thank you guys for watching. You can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and at twitch.tv slash Join discord.gg slash to get updates on the podcast. I'm going to add at the end here some more clips of what QLR and I were talking about before the show because we sat around for like two hours talking. Uh, I'm going to add some clips here at the end. Check us out on Spotify and iTunes and twitch.tv slash shampoo. On Tuesdays, we're here every other Tuesday now because I think it makes for more meaty and substantial shows and it also gives me Tuesdays to do something other than writing show notes because I hate writing show notes. That's why a lot of podcasts don't go past six episodes. But look, here we are on 35 and we're only slowing down 50% by cutting the episodes in half per month. But that's okay. Thanks for watching. We will it's see you guys all. What you say, Killer? It's just a special time. Yeah. I mean, we're quarantined, dude. What else is there to talk about other than Yeah, I know. Italian? I know. There's no. Nikki muting everything there is to mute on Twitter. Uh, I've I've muted just tons and tons of words on Twitter. All right. Thanks for watching. Uh, check us out on Spotify and iTunes. I'll see you guys all some other time. I'm probably deeper in the games industry than I've ever been. 
and I don't miss going to E3, even if it were going on right now. It's really easy I, to I, not I get never, FOMO. I never cared to get to go to E3. I mean, like, I miss Fanime, but Fanime is not really much of, like, a convention. It's more just, like, an excuse for everyone to get together and have alcohol. Uh, and But, uh, like, without much else. You don't really need to do anything else. Yeah, the cool thing with everything being canceled is that you don't have to go to it, and there's no FOMO. Because yeah, no one is too. doing that's anything. Like, so, like, I don't, yeah. I don't have to be like, oh, I'm missing out on, like, going to this booth at E3 or meaning these people are going to this party. It's like, oh, well, there is nothing. So, I don't feel bad about missing any of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we could rethink things, too. I feel like we could, should probably normalize, like, smaller gatherings between the same people you probably would meet. But, like, for corp- especially for those corporate conventions, I feel like we really don't need that many. I know most of them exist just because of, profits is profitable but i know so i'm gonna get real real under the hood here there's a vr company that i know of that pivoted from making vr games to Uh exclusively holding vr conferences because it is significantly more profitable than uh, obviously making vr games not very profitable i'm I'm not in vr nor games but i am in tech so this is not not news to me that generally every like even minor tech company will always have a convention somewhere and they host it in like the mission it's like not even like a like a cheap area or something like they host it in like a really fancy like like little center in the mission or something or market street yeah and it's just because it's it's profitable because they charge and i see the prices and i'm like oh maybe we could like go to that just just for the fuck of it right just to get drunk and then it's like a few hundred dollars for a ticket and i'm like oh shit yeah so i mean it's probably corporate pay and things like that for people who do go they have um they have centers uh like in the mission or you know you'll, have, you'll rent out like the microsoft reactor uh, which is like their their center there um or like uh, a studio at Samsung or the cafeteria at Google or whatever the fuck you can get a space donated for a conference. If you have like a good outline and a good pitch either donated or at a super low cost, or you just know someone you get the hookup, right? So you have the location secure, which is one of the biggest costs. Then you get speakers, right? And most of the speakers are not paid unless you're talking about fanime or TwitchCon hosting gigs or something like that like these smaller conventions especially like vr conferences the speakers are not getting paid uh they're like happy to be on stage be like yeah you're gonna bring a bra-. like i i feel like you could pay a lot of speakers in the ego boost that comes with speaking on a panel I, oh yeah i spoke on a panel at this thing in san francisco and you know you get to say in san francisco or in silicon valley yeah, i got to speak on a panel here and you can get that, like, thing on your resume. You know, it's an hour out of your time, and then you get to enjoy the rest of the conference. So there, there are a lot of free speakers. Um, so free speakers, free location. You charge vendors for booth space. You charge uh, people ticket for entry. Um, and then you get, you know, some kind of, like, catering is probably a bit of a cost. But overall, it is more sustainable because you get to run them yearly or maybe even like twice a year like it's a sustainable source of income like hey we're gonna get this this many people you know and this money's gonna hit the bank on this day because conventions happen every year and you know like there's just it's just so profitable to do tech conventions you just you're just like the tech convention specifically it's really just like you're profiting off of networkers meeting networkers thinking that they're both networking to someone else. 
Yeah, you're like you're profiting like, off of a lot of people the doing speakers free work. Are doing, the speakers are doing this to get resume padding and meet people, and then people are meeting the speakers thinking they're getting resume padding and meeting people, and then... Not to say that they're not valuable. Like, I've met valuable... It is valuable. Like, no, it is valuable. I know, like, I, when they open up again, I'm probably going to have to go to them and hate my life, but it, it's something you got to go to to actually, actually meet the people there, and then... Plus, they have them in the mission, they can charge, like, $15 for a beer, and no one, like, no one will think you're crazy. They'll yep. think you're just a little more higher than the market value. Fifteen dollars for a beer, Jesus Christ! Some people don't make fifteen dollars. I've been to a bar and I've I've been to a bar in San Francisco. I pay like eleven oh, yeah. to twelve dollars for a for a glass of beer or something, and it's just like yeah, that's that's a standard price around here. And so if you pay fifteen, like it's just a little more. You expect it's a little more. <laughs> it's everyone else is just a fraction. Everything else costs just a fraction of what we pay. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Missouri, like oh my god, food is like ninety percent off here, <laughs> like. <laughs> that to them that's food that's 100 percent of the food cost to me it's like dude it's it's like it's like the black friday of food if i go to the midwest and try to eat anything <laughs> well, yeah. so Tech- they can get money they can get money by just charging a lot of bucks for food and drinks and- it's a lot of people doing yeah. stuff for free and they're making money off it it's it, it's one of the reasons why like when you get invited out to a convention to speak, like you really got to weigh it, right? I'm not saying you should never work for free, um, but you really got to weigh it. Like, do I, yeah, really, I really care about this? Or are they going to give me something in the future? Or like, can I work with them in the future? Is this something I just am passionate about and I, I would do for free anyway? There's no skin are off my bones. Are going to be there too? Maybe there's people you want to meet that you know are going to be there. And things Is like there that. free food? Is like, there think, free food is always a good question. Think about it. Like, if if you're like Nikki, speak at, at what I'm currently. No, no. Let's let's go back. Let's go back and say I was at my peak of streaming. Right. Uh, I'm pulling like hundreds of viewers. Right. You're like Nikki. I want you to speak on a panel about uh, evolve. Right. My uh, an hour of my time is, you know, you got to figure out what that's worth. Right. And then you know, pat on top of living costs and all stuff. Living in San Francisco is expensive. Right. But also like. The opportunity, because I'm a streamer, the the exposure, you know, the exposure bucks for being on that panel, and then like if they were like, you know, we'll we'll throw in like a, a fancy sushi dinner. I hate sushi, but you get the point, right? Yeah, I know. I know. And then all that together, and be like, oh, but we can only pay you like twenty bucks, and be like, you know what? I'll take it, right? That's not like twenty dollars for uh, an hour and a half panel. Not worth my time. But if I get to talk about something I care about. I get to go to a nice dinner afterwards and people get to like, you know, connect my face with like the brand of this game and then want me to talk about that game. And that's cool. Um, Turtle Rock Studios, actually, that's a perfect example. Turtle Rock Studios did that for me. They're like, yo, Nikki, we'll fly you down to LA uh, for a day. You can play the game early. Um, you, you play the new monster early. I didn't get paid for that. I got free food, a free hotel, and I got to see the game early and to me that was worth it because i was so invested in evolve that getting footage first of the new monster was extremely important to me it was also fun as fuck because i loved playing new characters early um and it cost it effectively cost me no money because my money comes from streaming but i got to stream while i was there so i don't lose money i get early access to this thing uh they're gonna fly me down uh, and and so that I did for free, um, and, and that was no like there's no loss there to be had. And I also got like free breakfast, lunch, and dinner. All things considered, I would put that out as a win. Um, 
But that was, you know, that was my analysis of it at the time. If someone were a, a much, much larger streamer than I was at that time, then, you know, and they didn't care about Evolve as much, then, you know, maybe you'd be like, hey, I need a day rate for that. You'll throw me like 400 bucks and we'll call that good. But uh, for me, that was absolutely worth it. Anyway, work for free sometimes, but charge people. I think this is our came into tech advice, I guess, in some ways. This is the tech advice or like podcast. <clears throat> we, we, it's, it's inescapable. We live in the in the heart of it.